0: Coming soon from the Four Corners Crimecast, backofbook.com. That sounds like a place you go to buy a cheap booker. Welcome to the Four Corners Crimecast. My name is Jake. My name is Rory.
1: And I'm your host, Katie. And today we are talking about the Bever Brothers.
0: And where'd you do your research on this one, Katie?
1: This one was Oxygen's Killer Siblings and Michael Bever's interview.
0: And where is this one located, Katie?
1: This is in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma.
0: I wonder how they came up with the name for that town. Oh, ta- it was, uh, what's that dude's name? John Travolta movie from the 90s, probably. This this town did not exist before John Travolta's movie from the 90s? Probably not. It was called Broken Arrow. What if the town used to be just called Arrow and then they broke the main arrow? No, I think Broken Arrow is what? Naval, military, some sort of military designation for a lost weapon? Huh. I could be wrong. So it's a military town. Yeah, I could be wrong. You might want to double check me on that one.
1: Broken Arrow was founded in 1902.
0: I said the 90s. It could have been the 1890s, Katie.
1: When John Travolta was at his height of popularity.
0: 1902 is not that old for a town.
1: It is for a fucking John Travolta movie.
0: Broken Arrow, not named after John Travolta's movie. We're still not confirmed on that, but we'll go with that. All right, Katie, why don't you go ahead and start us off?
1: After discussing the sad story of Jeannie Wiley last week, I wanted to stick to the child development theme and show that no matter how right you raise children, things can still go horribly wrong. The nature versus nurture debate is still going strong, and many think that a combination of the two are what creates a psychopath. We often see some sort of childhood trauma when we look at the backgrounds of violent offenders, sexual, physical, or emotional abuse that creates a vicious cycle that ends in violence. There are rare occasions though that children are simply born evil and no matter how much love they're given, they still commit some of the most gruesome acts. That is exactly the case of Robert and Michael Bever.
0: So how do they make the determination that someone was just born evil based against how they were raised in their environment? Is they just is it just a look at environmental factors? After they're caught, so they looked at these kids' environmental factors and said that there was nothing in there that would indicate that they turn psychopathic murderers.
1: Basically. I mean, these two had, I wouldn't say a perfect life, but there was no sort of abuse in their background. Some people claim that there was from, like, journal entries, but I never saw anything that actually confirmed it. I mean, it's hard to go from perfect childhood to killing your entire family without, that's just how you are and how you function.
0: Interesting. So is there no such thing as a born psychopath?
1: Depends on who you ask, really. I Ah. mean, there's no, we don't know exactly what causes psychopathy. So there's no way to say it's this genetic factor mixed with this mixed with that. Some people will say that people are born that way. Some people say that it's genetic. Some people say that it's your environment and how you're raised. It really just depends on who you're speaking to. We don't know much about the Bever family, as according to neighbors, they kept to themselves and were secretive. The family lived in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, a small town of around 100,000, where only one or two homicides occurred a year. The first to be born to David and April Bever was Robert. Next was Michael, followed by Crystal, Daniel, Christopher, Victoria, and finally Autumn. If you couldn't tell by the seven children, the Bevers were a Christian family.
0: Do we know what type of Christian they were?
1: I don't know. Because of this, April chose to homeschool the children to protect them from the outside world as much as possible.
0: Now, Jake, you can kind of relate to this. So, did you ever get weird and think about murdering your entire family? No.
1: They rarely left the home and spoke to neighbors so little that many didn't find out the names of some family members until the medical examiner released them.
0: Were you known by your neighbors as just that boy? No. No. My neighbors knew me. I, has, I was about. I was out and about. There was nothing else to do out in the middle of fucking nowhere, 30 miles outside of town.
1: Despite trying to protect the children, technology was a huge part of the Bever family. They were allowed free access to the internet, and their browsing history was never monitored. Robert and Michael each had their own computers and would spend most of their time doing what most of us do, reading about murderers.
0: How old were these guys? What, what Actually, what year are we talking about here, Katie?
1: So the murders occurred in 2015, so I mean it's relatively recent. Michael and Robert were two years apart. Robert was the eldest, so probably 17, 18 at this time.
0: So I'm going to guess that they were doing a little bit of something else besides just looking and researching murders.
1: Masturbation! We can assume that, but I don't think that it contributed anything
0: aren't psychopaths generally chronic masturbators
1: i don't think anyone's ever studied that i don't know where do you get that fact from can you give me a source no
0: (laughs) personal experience (laughs)
1: <laughs> Who are you thinking of when you talk about chronic masturbators? Because a lot oh, of them know. are rapists? Well,
0: I don't know. the The idea was that if you don't have a whole bunch of feelings, chronic masturbation can give you one of the or masturbation can give you some sort of ability to feel something. I, it was just it was literally just an assumption I made, so no real source to it.
1: The big difference between true crime fans and Robert and Michael Bever is that us normal people don't see serial killers as our idols.
0: I don't know. Some people kinda treat the the big what, like the big three serial killers like they all want to bone them and stuff.
1: Who? Which are the big three?
0: Oh, I don't know. You know, the ones that everyone wants to bone, like Richard Ramirez. There's all his little fangirls, but apparently his breath smelled like asshole. And There's
1: then- one.
0: There's a bunch. Uh you Domer, said Dahmer, right? Everyone, all, everyone talks about how, how fucking sexy Dahmer was. He was a creepy dude too, right? So there's one he, more like, in there. He like killed little boys. And then um, there's another one, right? Well, here's the thing. Fuck, wanting to fuck someone and idolizing them are two different things. Well, they like turn them into like sex idols. Like, yeah, I would definitely probably have sex with Jody Arias and uh, Casey Anthony, but they are terrible people. I don't idolize them at all, but...
1: Yeah, there's... I mean, there's a difference between wanting to have sex with someone and wanting to be someone and committing your life to similar acts as they committed.
0: into their skin.
1: Robert quickly went from simple Googling to fall unfascinated with, you guessed it, Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, the Columbine shooters. He was also particularly fond of James Holmes, the Aurora Theater shooter.
0: He probably would have liked our podcast. Hell yeah. But but why is he obsessed with just Colorado killers?
1: I mean he's not. Those were just the two that
0: Yeah, the two like they're two huge shootings. Yeah. Yeah. Mass
1: shootings. I mean Columbine was like the original school not the original, but the one that everyone really found out about and kinda kicked off our whole obsession now.
0: Real OG domestic terrorism there.
1: He was soon reading about any and all serial killers, mass killers, or just anyone who committed some kind of violence and gained notoriety for it. Not long after his fascination began, he brought Michael aboard, and the two fell in love with true crime in the worst way possible. Eventually, Robert decided that he and Michael could do even better than the killers they'd been reading about. If they carefully planned, they could reach the body count they wished to achieve, 50 to 100 victims.
0: What made him pick that number? Is it just arbitrary?
1: Gets you famous. Everyone will know about you. I mean, that's a high body count, more than most people do.
0: I mean, I guess that's true.
1: Would be the biggest spree kill probably in U.S. history. At this point, Robert was 18 and working for one of those Christian call centers where you call in and they pray for you. 16-year-old Michael was still stuck at home being homeschooled by April. With the income he made from selling his thoughts and prayers, Robert began to stockpile weapons and armor.
0: That's the first time I've ever heard of thoughts and prayers actually being worth anything.
1: Using eBay, he ordered Kevlar body armor and a massive array of knives. He and Michael began practicing using them in the bedroom they shared, scaring their younger sister, who seemed to be the only one suspicious of their brother's behavior.
0: Now, did the mom not know that he was ordering Kevlar body armor? No,
1: they were like, boys will be boys.
0: That's such a weird thing, because what 18-year-old needs Kevlar body armor? You can barely have a gun.
1: Boys will be boys. I mean, why would you not need Kevlar body armor? Let's be real.
0: They're just up there stabbing each other like, yep, this armor works great. And their mom's like,
1: oh, I can't wait till they try that knife out on me. Yeah, I
0: wonder what they meant by practicing.
1: So there's like one of those like reenactments in the oxygen show that just showed them in their room, like swinging knives. Like they were attacking somebody, which I doubt is what happened, but
0: I'm just, I'm wondering what, what that looks like. Cause if I mean, I walked into my kid's room, my adult children's room, I'd be pretty upset if he was just standing there like, hey-ya, 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 like swinging around a knife and stuff. I'd be like, what are you doing? A little bit of advice to parents out there. If you're listening, uh, If your child or children develop a habit of fake knife fighting invisible people and repeating your name over and over again as they fake stab the air, maybe check them into a hospital.
1: Even though they were extremely naive, the brothers knew they would never reach a body count of 100 with just knives, as they were scrawny little assholes who'd never been in a fight in their entire lives.
0: Well, to be fair, homeschool gym class is just one giant rock roll and dragging a heavy wooden cross through the mud. It's hard to really get swole. Jesus wasn't swole either. He was svelte. He looked pretty good without a shirt on.
1: Do we know what he looked like?
0: Sure. Six-pack, tan skin, blue eyes, bleached blonde hair.
1: Still white, though.
0: Oh, so white.
1: To fix this issue, Robert began ordering thousands of rounds of ammunition in July of 2015 and planned to purchase guns from a local shop.
0: My mom will never notice that.
1: Their plan to be the most famous mass killers in history was now quickly coming together. On the night of July 22, 2015, the day before the ammo was to be delivered to the house, the brothers realized they had a problem. Despite their parents never questioning why they'd bought so many knives, they knew that they'd want to know what was up when thousands of rounds of ammo arrived on their doorstep. They decided that the only way to stop their family from interrupting their plans of traveling the country, murdering people, was to make them their first victims. Robert even said that the family would give them a head start on their body count.
0: I feel like these kids are not very creative because you can explain away thousands of rounds of ammo if you're about to go buy a gun. Like, oh, I've always been interested in guns and would like to own one, so I bought ammo for it.
1: Yeah, so these guys um, were fucking stupid. So if you need an explanation for any of what they do, there isn't one. Because they're just dumb.
0: Not good planners. No. Hey, why don't you distract mom when the box gets here and I'll just take it in the garage. No, 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 no. Let's fucking kill them. Basically.
1: Basically. Around 11.30pm on July 22, 2015, Robert and Michael dressed in their body armor and prepared themselves. They called their 13-year-old sister, Crystal, into their bedroom under the guise of showing her something on the computer. As Michael was distracting her, Robert came up behind her and slit her throat. Because their only experience with violence was through movies and television shows, both were under the naive assumption that when you stab someone once, they died. They were taken by surprise when Crystal began to fight back and a commotion began.
0: If you, like, really slit someone's throat, they don't just get up and come after you, right?
1: No, I doubt they severed her windpipe and, like, fully cut through enough to kill her, obviously, because she survived.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, in in theory, it's their first time and it's their sister, so they're probably not actually going to do it right.
1: They began stabbing her until the noise attracted the attention of their mother, who'd rushed up to their room. When she walked in, she was attacked by Robert, who stabbed her 48 times. Crystal managed to escape and drag herself out of the front door and onto the driveway. But one of the two brothers came out and dragged her back into the house after April was dead. They attempted to suffocate her, leaving her on the floor when they believed she was dead.
0: How long did all this take?
1: I think it was probably like an hour total for all of the murders.
0: I, I think it's probably quicker than that.
1: Yeah, I don't time. know the exact timeline because... They didn't, like, look at the clock every time they stabbed someone.
0: I just feel like by the time all this is going down, you stab the sister, the sister crawls away. You stab the mom 48 times. Go back, you get the sister, you drag her back, you suffocate her. And there was
1: two of them. So, I mean, you have to take into account that one of them can be stabbing one person and the other stabbing another person. Robert can be killing April while Michael goes and gets her out of the driveway. She doesn't know which brother went and got her and brought her back inside. Seven-year-old Christopher and five-year-old Victoria had locked themselves in the bathroom when the screaming began. Once Michael and Robert realized they could not get in, Michael began banging on the door and telling them Robert was going to kill him if they did not let him in. They, of course, believed him, and when they unlocked the door, both boys entered the bathroom and stabbed them to death. Christopher suffered 21 stab wounds and Victoria, 23.
0: Did they take advantage of their massive knife stockpile, or did they just use the same knife the whole time?
1: I know for sure that Robert used the largest knife that he had to stab their father, but I don't know if they, like, went through and changed knives with each victim.
0: I imagine they probably had some of those really douchey fucking tactical things with knife pockets all down the legs
1: and stuff. They then moved on to 12-year-old Daniel, who had locked himself in their father's office when the screaming began and called 911, telling the dispatcher his brother was attacking the family. Michael again told him that Robert was going to kill him if Daniel did not open the door, and he did. While Michael smashed the phone that was still connected with 911, Robert stabbed Daniel 21 times. We don't know the exact timing, but it's assumed that at this point their father David had awoken and come to see what was happening. Because it was a large house, it's likely he was able to sleep through most of the slayings. According to the oxygen special, David charged at one of the boys, who began stabbing him 28 times in total.
0: This has got to be so gnarly for a parent to see one of your kids killing another kid, one of your kids, and you have to try and stop it. And it's super fucked up how they got in to kill them. Help me, your brother's, our brother's going to kill me if you don't let me in. And then they're like, oh shit, we have to help our brother. And then they let him in and betrayal.
1: Yeah. And I mean, they did everything they could. They did everything correctly. Lock yourself in the bathroom and call 911. And they still. That wasn't enough. I feel I think probably the worst was April, who walked in to see Crystal with her throat slit, and then was immediately attacked and stabbed Mm -hmm. 48 times.
0: How you stab your mom? Like goddamn. Forty-eight times they
1: stabbed her the most out of any of the victims. At this point, five of the seven family members were dead, and Crystal was bleeding out on the floor, believed to be dead. Robert and Michael began to make their way upstairs, where two-year-old Autumn was asleep in her crib. Their plan was to stab her to death and decapitate her.
0: Whoa, why were they going to decapitate the baby?
1: I don't know exactly Just why, cause? what their thought process was no on that. Writing.
0: Huh. Be the most evil bad motherfuckers they could think of.
1: As they began their way to her room, they were interrupted by a banging on the front door and the announcement that police were outside, all thanks to Daniel's 911 call. Made before he was killed.
0: Do we have a recording of that? Yes. We are going to play the 911 call for you guys. It's kind of sad.
2: 9-1-1. Broken Arrow 911. Broken Arrow 911. Hello. Oh. Hi. Where are you at? Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Seven four one one. What address? Magnolia Cool. Seven. Okay. Are you the only one there? No. My dad attacking my family. Your dad is attacking your family? No, my dad Oh. He has an idea me. Oh, get people Okay, who's attacking your family? What? Who's attacking your family? Yes. Who Who is it? Do they have it? Oh. Are you there? Hello. Hi. What's going on there? What's going on there? Hello. Hello.
1: Robert and Michael left Autumn alone and ran out of the back door of the home into a large wooded area in their backyard. When police entered, they found Crystal lying on the floor and rushed her to paramedics. Before she was rushed to the hospital, she was able to tell police that her brothers had done this. Not sure if the suspects were still in the home, police began to carefully search the house. The walls, floors, and front walkway were all covered in blood and a victim lay in almost every room of the home. The shining light was baby Autumn, still peacefully sleeping in her crib upstairs.
0: Luckily, that 911 got called. Yeah. Otherwise, all, of the, all everyone would, would have died, probably, even Crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 30 seconds later, it probably would have been a different story.
1: Police quickly noticed that the back door had been left open and knew their suspects couldn't be far. After getting a canine unit on scene, they began to track Robert and Michael through the wooded area, finding body armor they had shed off as they ran. Not far into the woods, both boys were discovered hiding in a bush and ordered out at gunpoint. Robert complied, but officers noticed Michael kept fidgeting and looked like he was reaching for something, so the canine was released on him.
0: He probably wished that he was still wearing his body armor at that point. Yeah, good boy probably got him pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: I don't know for sure if he was even, like, moving a whole <laughs> lot. I think it might have just been out of spite.
0: It sounds like the dog just needed a good training day. Yeah, I mean... I'm not going to say he didn't deserve it because he obviously deserved it. Yeah, he it definitely deserved but...
1: it. I would have called the whole canine force and just let him loose.
0: Yeah. You know, and that'd be so frightening just having dogs chasing you through a wooded area. I don't care who you are. you got a gang of dogs after you, especially police dogs. Yeah, especially a Malinois. Because going up a tree, a Malinois is still going to come after you. I've seen those dogs go up like 15 feet up a tree before they can't get up any higher. And yeah, and they don't jump through a car window and pull a dude out like that shit's gnarly
1: and they're trained too that if you hit them they just bite you harder
0: Bite harder and then you
1: have they they're trained too to they you have to choke them off you can't just tell them to let go so you literally have to pry the dog off of the suspect so
0: i think that they should count the arrest to the canine's numbers like he's responsible for this arrest he I found they do. them they do usually oh good yeah they get credit.
1: I mean, he tracked him out there. He found him immediately, pretty this much. This is his collar. Once the two were finally handcuffed and let out of the woods, their photos were taken, and they were placed in the back of separate squad cars. Knowing it was the last time he'd ever see his brother, Robert told Michael, it was nice knowing you. I'm proud of what we've done.
0: What a fucking piece of shit. He's technically the older brother. He's responsible here. He can go fuck himself. Proud of what he's done. Fuck that guy. Fuck both of them, but really fuck Robert.
1: Yeah, and that's what I mean when I say that these, especially Robert, they were born evil. There's nothing that could ever be done to someone to make them proud of killing their 5, 7, 12, and 13-year-old siblings, along with their parents. At the police station, both Michael and Robert were interviewed, but only Michael's is available to view. He goes on to explain their entire plan had they not been interrupted by police. After killing all of their family members, they were going to make a video of the aftermath to put online. They were then going to clean up the house and hide the bodies, then wait for their ammo to arrive the next day. Once they'd gotten the ammo, they'd go pick up their guns from the shop and drive through Oklahoma to Washington, shooting and killing anyone who crossed their path.
0: I wonder what ever happened to that big old box of ammo.
1: It got delivered. The next day. (laughs) Like (laughs) it was supposed to, Yeah. Both were charged with five counts of first-degree murder and one count of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. Robert pleaded guilty and was sentenced to five life sentences without the possibility of parole. Rather than put his surviving sister through the trauma of testifying against him, Michael and his lawyers decided he was going to plead not guilty. Crystal was allowed to testify through video, so she did not have to come face-to-face with Michael. After deliberating for only five hours, the jury cried as Michael's guilty verdict was read to the courtroom.
0: Good fuck this guy.
1: He was sentenced to six consecutive life without the possibility of parole sentences, which he later attempted to appeal under the Eighth Amendment. In 2012, the SCOTUS ruled that juveniles could only be sentenced to life without the possibility of parole in the most heinous crimes, as it otherwise is considered cruel and unusual punishment. Michael's appeal under this decision was denied, and his sentence upheld.
0: Because that's a pretty heinous act, fucking murdering your whole family. I'm glad it was upheld. Here's what what's weird to me is Michael's still underage. He's still a juvenile. How come his testimony was released and not his brother's? Or not his testimony, his uh, confession.
1: Different judges.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: I mean, it's totally up to the judge what gets released and what doesn't. So his interview was made public because why not? And I think when you go through trial, especially, it's more than likely going to get released because at that point it's, technically public information. Okay. In 2017, the Bever home mysteriously burned down in what most believe to be an act of arson. A fundraiser was started by the city and quickly reached its goal, allowing the land where the house once stood to be turned into a memorial park for the victims. In 2019, Robert attempted to attack prison guards with a weapon and was given another life sentence and also grew whatever this haircut is. So, you guys, I mean, roast him.
0: He looks like a Charles Schultz drew Liz Lemon. <laughs> he looks like just a real ugly lady.
1: He looks like trailer park Justin Bieber.
0: Smashed in the face and his eyes poked out.
1: <laughs> Should I describe it? So he's got, he's got fringe above his eyebrows and glasses and then like some weird, I don't know if his hair's in a ponytail, but he's got a couple strands of long hair hanging down to his shoulders and he's smirking.
0: He he looks punk rock. He actually looks happy as shit to be where Mm -hmm. he's at. Like, super proud of himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just looks like a fucking idiot. I laughed when this came up in the Oxygen documentary because what would make you want to do this to your hair in prison with men? I I don't know.
0: My guess is he's probably got a set of titties tattooed on his back, too.
1: Since then, both men have been living in their respective prisons, hopefully rotting away in solitary confinement. Michael's prison journals have been released, which are full of crude stick figure drawings of his family during the attacks. Although they wish to gain fame for their killing spree, no one really knows who they are. And if you do, you're probably like me and think they're the dumbest loser assholes alive.
0: I didn't know who they were until today. Neither did I, actually. And uh, I'm kind of a little pissed off that I now know them a little bit, (laughs) even just the little facts I do. I'm, I'm... upset that i know what that guy looks like i'm not surprised that the best he could do is stick figure drawings <laughs> like, well,
1: I doubt they had art class <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i mean they killed the art teacher is that gonna do it for us this week katie
1: it is yes
0: all right, guys, well, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to reach out to us at fourcornerscrimecast at gmail.com. That's F O U R Cornerscrimecast at gmail.com.
1: You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash fourcornerscrimecast, on Instagram at fourcornerscrimecast, on Twitter at fourcornerscast, and at fourcornerscrimecast.tumblr.com.
0: And give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify. Check out our website, fourcornerscrimecast.com. You can head over there for a full episode list to send us ideas for episodes you might want to hear or to get your free sticker from our merch store just by typing in the code Bango at checkout. Type that code in. We'll ship it out to you 100% for free. So just remember, no matter what you're going to do, no matter what crime you might want to commit, you might have a canine or six coming down through the woods at you.
1: Don't have children. Yeah, Just children don't are terrible. procreate. It just never ends well for anyone.
0: All right, guys. We'll talk to you next week.
1: See ya. Adios, motherfuckers.
0: They just look like SEAL Team 6 going in to kill their family. Yeah, but these guys are lame, so it's like Neil Team 2.